day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today as it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Great to have you today. We're once again resuming our study on the topic of worship from the Old Testament. Uh, We find ourselves in Exodus recently and now in Leviticus, and we are being confronted with this this, uh, wonderful human privilege we have of entering into the presence of the worship and adoration of our Creator. If you think very deeply about that, it's very, it's very awe-inspiring because when you come uh, right down to it, the fact that the creator of this entire universe would take any delight in all, at all in our coming before him, it should really cause us to have a deep humility and brokenness before him. Uh, we know that God has prescribed very precisely in the Old Testament how we are to approach him. Uh, And we're going to talk about some of those essentials, about what it means, the elements of true worship, and uh, so that we can make sure and have our perspective on it correctly, so that when we go to church, that our hearts can be prepared, our minds will be in the right pattern, and we'll be able to do what honors the Lord. Because as we looked at last time, uh, God's viewpoint of worship is, is very precise in that He punishes wrong worship, that's very clear. Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, he declared his rejection of false worship, that there are to be no other gods, that he is the only one true God who is worthy of our praise and our and our adoration of him, uh, and that he would tolerate no other rivals. He is a jealous God. We also noted that God demonstrated his rejection of false worship. In Numbers chapter 16, we read about that story of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, uh, and how that Korah wanted to put himself exalted, pridefully exalted himself, and the worship was all about him, and he wanted to be the focus of everything, and God said, no, he alone is worthy of that kind of focus. Uh, there are other examples of that that I didn't go into. I might have mentioned Nadab and Abihu, who were the sons of the high priest. You remember that from the book of Leviticus, chapters 8, 9, and 10. Uh, They were always around spiritual things. By the way, can I just pause and comment on that in today's podcast that Nadab and Abihu are really poignant reminders to us today about an undue familiarity with the spiritual things of God. You know how that is. If you're a believer today, you're often in church, and if you're not careful, it can become mundane and just routine, and the spiritual laxness creeps into our hearts, and when we assemble in the presence of God, we become too flippant, irreverent even. Uh, And I believe that that betrays a lack of understanding of what happens when God's people gather together in corporate worship, that there the Holy Spirit is there. God is honored there. That's a reverent place. That's not a place for, uh, you know, doing the the whole, the, the Jerusalem jump and the Holy Land uh, you know, whatever they called, there was re- there was met a few years ago. There was a uh, one of these aerobics instructors. It was a Christian and had all these kinds of things going on. Uh, but nonetheless, the the Bible says that when we come into the presence of God, it ought not be irreverent and flippant, but it ought to be honoring to the Lord. Nadab and Abihu began to take spiritual things for granted. I mean, Dad was the high priest. Um, there was no reality of the spiritual things in their lives. They were going through the routine. They were going through the motions of worship. And one day, 
they decided to take matters into their own hands and they went into the Holy of Holies uh, of all places. They went into the Holy of Holies to offer incense. And in Leviticus 16, 1 and 2, you can go back and read it. It seems to imply that they did go behind that veil where only Aaron, the high priest, could go. And, and he was only permitted to do that once a year. Well, we, you, we read the story. We know what happened. God smote both Nadab and Abihu with fire. Apparently, that built up and they were afraid. I believe God allowed them to flee out of the Holy of Holies. The Bible says they got just past the door when God struck them at that point. And Moses then commanded the cousin, their cousins to carry their bodies from before the sanctuary in chapter 10, verse 4. Well, that means they dashed out in an effort to flee. God may have allowed them to get to that point so that he could demonstrate by example that you cannot treat God's word and God's presence and God's will in a light way. As a matter of fact, it says in Leviticus 10 that Aaron held his peace because he knew that his two sons had rebelled against the command of the Lord. How often this happens today, and I didn't intend on speaking about this today, uh, but I think that we are dangerously... Do we not live okay, in a day when there is this uh, lax, uh, laid-back type of entrance into the presence of God? Uh, moms and dads need to train their young people uh, in a Christian home to never take the blessings of the Lord for granted, that when you go to God's house, it's not a jungle gym or a playtime, but it is a place of reverence where we, and we know that the church is not the building, nobody's suggesting otherwise, but I am telling you this, that the assembly place of the people of God ought to be a reverent place and, and not used as a gymnasium. So we want to make sure and train our children that way. Far too often, uh, there are children that are raised in church or in a Christian school. They just have kind of a lukewarm testimony uh, for the Lord and refuse to ultimately, they become religious pagans because they know how to talk the talk. They know how to, to dress the part, and yet they refuse to yield themselves to Christ. That was Nadab and Abihu. They took it uh, lighthearted and not seriously and they paid a price for that. God punishes wrong worship. He punished Korah. He punished Nadab and Abihu. Worship really matters how you do it. Uh, really matters. So God punishes wrong worship, but I would suggest to you God blesses right worship as well. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 6, the Bible says, He's showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. In other words, what God's stating there is that he is announcing his desire for genuine worship. And you notice there's some interesting phrases in that. He said, showing mercy to thousands to those who love me. Okay, not only that, but who keep my commandments. That's the right kind of worship that God is looking for. He's not interested in lip service. He's not interested in cold or lukewarm surrender, but he's looking for an entirety, uh, an entire consecration of your yourself, who you are, 
everything, every part about you is all surrendered to God. He doesn't want a halfway. He doesn't want a tip of the hat. He wants you to give all to him. He's demonstrated his desire for true worship too. Do you remember back in Genesis chapter 22, uh, the Bible says in verse 16, and and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thee, thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as a sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. That's the kind of worship God wants. Do you remember that incident? When, uh, when uh, uh, Abraham was commanded by God to go and to take Isaac and to sacrifice him. And there must have been some confusion. I mean, I, uh, Abraham must have wondered, well, Lord, you promised that this would be the godly seed. But all, and, and what a statement of faith this is. But all I know is that if you're going to do that, Hebrew says, Abraham must uh, was thinking that you'll have to raise him up again because I believe your promises are true and they will never fail. That's worship. That's ascribing to God uh, great uh, sovereignty and power and His will being accomplished. God blesses that kind of worship where I unquestionably look into His Word and I am motivated to obey Him. God punishes wrong worship, but God blesses right worship. Let's work on the next time we come into God's house, understanding how reverent a place that ought to be. Um, come in and sit down in the Lord's house and yes, fellowship and enjoy the company of other of God's people, but don't neglect to prepare your heart and your soul. Maybe you want to sit down in the sanctuary and read just a few verses of God's word to prepare your heart for worship and then come in in a humble, contrite spirit. I read a story recently of a young stranger that was climbing the Alps and he was making his very first climb and he was accompanied by two real sure-footed guides that were going to help him get up to the peak of, in, of this mountain in the Alps. It was really steep and it was hazardous really, but he felt like he was secure with one guide in front of him and one following up. And they climbed this mountain for hours and now they were breathless. The altitude was so high, but they found themselves reaching for those rocks that were sticking out through the snow above them. And there was the summit. Well, the guide that was in front wanted to let the stranger have the first glorious view of the heaven and the earth over the top of that mountain. And so the front guide moved aside to let him go first. And forgetting the gales, the winds that just blew across those summit rocks, the young man jumped to his feet, but the chief guide dragged him down. On your knees, sir, he shouted. You are never safe here except on your knees. When we worship the Lord, it's always safer on your knees. Let's remember that. Uh, when we come into a time of somber, not not uh, not somber in the sense of dull, but somber in the sense of hushed, uh, a sense of awareness that you're in the presence of God. Let's remember that when we come into our worship, because God blesses right worship.